Hi guys, Nick again for another episode of the Physiology Secrets podcast. Today I wanted to talk a bit more about the strength training side of things. I had a few questions about how we need to train for, for strength and what we need to be targeting. So I thought I'd answer it in as, as quick as I can today and sort of keep it to keep it sort of 10 minutes or so. But um, in terms of, terms of what we need to train for uh, as endurance athletes is we need to train for, for maximal power output. Um, an interesting study when I was flipping back through some notes, um, notes that I have on physiology and performance was um, the, the relationship between peak power output, so maximum, maximal power produced by, by a cyclist, it was a cycling study, um, actually correlated really highly with VO2 max. So the, the higher peak power output um, the cyclist had was more likely that they were going to have a high VO2 max. So in terms of um, endurance performance, obviously if we have a high VO2 max, it's preferential. Things like our lactate threshold will improve as a result of improved VO2 max because you get better oxygen utilization, etc. Um, running economy is going to improve as, as a result. But if we can boost up how, how much force and how much power we can we can apply every every sort of pedal stroke, every every stride into the ground when we're running. Um, we improve our running economy and therefore we also improve our VO2 max as a result. So it's a, it's a funny correlation how strength conditioning and biomechanics can work into endurance performance um, and, and how it's so interrelated. That top end peak power you wouldn't, you wouldn't traditionally think is associated with endurance type performance, but it definitely is. So um, you'll, you'll always notice the best cyclists are always really big quads, really big glutes um, because they can push really big power in one one go, but it means over over multiple contractions or a long period of time, they can produce a lot of power consistently, which is obviously preferential. So, in terms of that that strength side of improving our overall endurance performance, um, we're looking at mostly improving that ru- sort of endurance economy. Um, we're looking at how how efficiently we can move, um, and and to do that, we need to improve our neuromuscular capacity. So, and what I mean by that is that I've been saying it in the last couple of podcasts about strength and biomechanics is that mind muscle connection. Um, we need to improve that, but also what we're going to do by improving that is we're going to we're going to take off part of the handbrake that's holding us back. So by improving uh, our neuromuscular capacity through strength training, um, we're, what we're doing is it's called reducing the antagonist co-contraction. So um, the antagonist muscle being if if we're if we're running we're we're quite quad dominant, so that's our agonist muscle, the muscle that's working agonist muscle. Um, our antagonist muscle for the quad is going to be our hamstring because it's it's providing the opposite opposite action so um if we are the lesser strength trained we are um the research has said that we get this co-contraction effect um where if we want to use our quad our hamstring is going to contract as well which is going to limit how much how much force we can put through our quad and how much power we can produce overall um you think about if we're limiting how much power we can produce it's not preferential like i said before peak power output correlates quite closely to um having a higher VO2 max in, in cycling and it's going to likely translate to, to other endurance sports too. So um, just by strength training, we can start eliminating some of that co-contraction effect. So we just get more efficient in targeting our firing of motor units. Um, so what, what actually causes a contraction in the muscle is the, is the stimulation of what's called a motor unit. Um, we more specifically target that in, say, the quads. Uh, we're going to reduce the, the the firing that's going on in the in the hamstrings and overall maximise the, the contribution of the quads and, and release that handbrake if you like so um in terms of in terms of how we do that um really any strength training from no strength training um is going to help so so going from zero to something is is always good so when when you first start start training you're going to get that benefit straight away even by doing some body weight exercise you're going to get that neuromuscular benefit um it's just accelerated by doing more advanced type strength training. But like I said in my last podcast, definitely try and work on things like technique and doing bodyweight exercises first. Then we can move into loading strategies later. Um, 
in terms of what we want to look at is it is what's called the force velocity curve. So it, there's this there's this relationship between how much maximal force we can apply and how quickly we can do it. Um, in terms of training in the gym, this is pretty much the key to, to everything um, that I base my stuff around is, is everything to do with the force velocity curve. Um, we can improve both ends of the spectrum. We can improve how much we maximally can produce force at, at, at one end. Um, and we can also improve how quickly we can produce a force. Um, you combine those two together, we get power. So um, force times velocity is power, essentially. Um, you combine those two together, we, we improve our peak power. Um, we improve that overall. Like I said before, the relationship between peak power and VO2 max is, is quite close. Um, so we want to look at improving this curve from, from every angle. Um, and, and to do that, we need to do what's called mixed method training. Um, it's the most time efficient for an endurance athlete because it's not going to mean you're in the gym too often throughout the week. So it's not detracting away from any other parts of your performance. You're not fatiguing too much either. Um, and, and how we can do that is we can, we can do it a few ways. So we can, we can have a dedicated sort of maximal strength, maximal force production day where we're, where we're targeting, um, targeting the, the force end of the force velocity curve and really trying to work on how much, like how much absolute force can we push through, push through the movement, which is going to translate into a bigger contraction, fire more of our muscle, um, and get a really, uh, you get a little bit of muscle growth out of that as well. Um, so it's going to make us super efficient in terms of how, how well our muscle produces a movement. Um, and then we can train the other way. We can train power is just how quickly can we produce that movement. So obviously if we want to, it's preferential to produce movement quickly because if we're running at, say, if, you're, if you want to run at 255 pace, you have to be able to run fast. There's no, there's no getting around it. You can't, you can't have slow moving muscles and a slow moving body and still run at 255. You have to be moving pretty quick. So um, in terms of the max strength side of things and improving our maximal force, um, for beginners, I'm just going to get straight into set rep schemes here. So for, for beginners who haven't really done too much, um, the, the general recommend, recommendation from the ACSM, the American College of Sports Medicine, is to do between one and three sets of, of two to eight reps. So keeping, keeping like not, not a whole lot of volume, the intensity here is the key. So this is where it becomes, um, if you haven't done much strength training before, you aren't working with a, with a coach while you're in the gym, get your body body weight technique stuff down first but then we want to look at um, trying to get to about 60 to 70 percent is the ideal range for a beginner um, 60 to 70 percent of your maximal uh, repetition so one repetition max um, that being say if we're doing a squat if you can do if you can do 100 kilos but you can only do it once and then get absolutely fatigued at the end of it you take 60 kilos 60 to 70 kilos um, and do that for your two to eight reps um, obviously getting close to that 70% of the 1RM is, is where we're looking at low rep scheme. So the higher percentage um, of your, your maximum, the higher percentage load you're lifting um, means the lower, the lower number of reps and the higher number of reps correlates to a, a lower load. So um, it's an inverse relationship there. Um, that's going to develop max strength in a beginner. In, in terms of an advanced athlete, if you've already been doing strength training, great. Um, to take it to sort of the next level is we're looking at but the recommendation is multiple sets. So there's no real guideline on how many sets you can do. I'm going to say somewhere between two and five, um, depending on what you've already previously done. It's Again, for someone who's more advanced in the gym, it's a little bit more difficult because you already got solid background um, in that. So anywhere in that range is going to be okay. So to tweak it individually on a needs basis is preferential. But um, sort of two to five sets of, of one to eight reps. So you can go to that more maximal uh, contraction at one rep. 
Um, but we're looking at, instead of 60, 70% of one rep max, uh, for our intensity, we're looking at 80 to 100% of our maximal, um, maximal contraction in that movement. So we're looking at a much higher load, slightly, slightly lesser rep recommendation. We're getting close to that sort of more one to four uh, reps per set is probably more ideal at that top end, but um, doing more sets of it, so accumulating more load. Um, this is what's been found to, to stimulate that. You'll get a little bit of hypertrophy, so muscle growth, but also maximal, maximal strength, which is really going to improve that neuromuscular capacity that I was talking about earlier um, and hopefully bring up that force side of the force velocity curve to, to improve our power from a max force perspective. Um, in terms of flipping over the other end of the curve, we're looking at power, so uh, uh, sorry, how fast we can move, move a weight, so it's a little bit more, more that explosive type movement. Um, and really bringing that, that other end of the curve up so we get that overall power improvement. Um, we're looking at, we're, we're looking at for, for, all, for all athletes, really, the recommendations aren't, aren't too different. Um, it's in the loading scheme where it differentiates. So we look at three to six sets um, of one to six reps. Um, so keeping, it, for, for beginners, keeping the, the load light to moderate. Um, so something that's pretty easily doable. I mean, you can just do things like plyometric exercises, um, things like like your box jump, that's a plyometric exercise, for example, bounding, um, vertical jumping, um, things like that you can do with body weight or a light load. Um, you can also do things like uh, if you've got a, you can do jump squats. So you've got maybe if you're a little bit more advanced, barbell across your back with a very light load, maybe just empty bar um, and then doing a vertical jump with the bar. Um, that can also help develop that rate of force development against a little bit of resistance. But we're looking at how fast can you move something. So it's, it's all about intent to move. And this is where it becomes a bit more important for the advanced guys out there is um, with power stuff, we can do three to six sets of one to six reps, but with a heavy load, with the intent to move it as fast as you possibly can. Um, something like if you're doing a trap bar deadlift or a, or a deadlift, for example, um, I always like to think about personally is, is I'm going to move this weight so fast that I can't stop myself at the top and I'm act, my feet are going to leave the ground. Um, that's a pretty good test of you moving it fast enough. If you, if you just let yourself go and try and jump with the weight, if you can get off the ground, you move fast enough. If you can't, you're probably not. It's probably a bit heavy. Um, so in terms of that, it's just, it, it's all about, the, I guess, a bit of psychology behind it is you just need to move it as fast as you can. Um, because that's going to give you the greatest neural drive into the muscle to really explode through the movement. Um, combine that with that max four stuff. So we do a mixed method approach. You can do this in the same session. You can do it um, across a couple of different sessions in the week, however you like it. I'll probably go a bit more into that in maybe the next podcast that sort of sparked another idea of mine um, and how to arrange it in the week. But we're looking at develop max strength. So, so how much we can move, maximum ability to pr produce force. And then also how quickly can we move something. Um, that combined together improves our max power. Um, max power is going to trickle down and improve our sub-maximal ability and our average power, um, which is going to lead to that improved economy over, over time um, and, and obviously improve our endurance performance. So hopefully that one helps. Um, if you do have any questions about, about any set rep schemes for max strength or power or, or how we develop it overall, um, feel, free to, feel free to send us, a, send us a message or any other questions regarding strength training. Um, and we'll answer it on this podcast. So happy to, happy to take your questions and hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'll jump in another episode in a sec um, about, about a bit more about how we fit it into a single session. So again, hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you in the next one.